Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And join me tonight, we have Dalton Bishop. Hey. Hey, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Just ready to talk some sports. Of course. And we got a lot of NFL news this week, finally. Because, you know, last few weeks, you know, NFL's been kind of dead. I mean, we had J.J. Watt last week we talked about for a bit. But, I mean, NFL's been kind of hiatus mode. But uh, next week is uh, free agency starts for the NFL. It's going to be a very exciting time. We'll have you covered here. But the tr- uh, yesterday was the NFL's uh, franchise tag deadline for teams to make a move and, you know, apply the franchise tag, which essentially gives uh, players one more year uh, at a higher salary rate normally to stay with the franchise, try to work out a long-term deal. And there was a lot of guys that got franchise tag. The first one that fall was uh, the Broncos going with Justin Simmons' star safety for them. Other notable guys, we had Washington football team, Brandon Scherf, got franchise tag. Uh, Panthers' Taylor Moten got franchise tag, tackle there. Uh, so a couple big-name receivers. You had the Bucks and the Bears franchise tagging Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson, respectively, there. And then some guys who, like, kind of lesser-known guys, really, or not really guys that many, like, casual observers would know, would be, like, Marcus May for the Jets got tagged. Jaguars, Cam Robinson, and the Saints, Marcus Williams. And then also a former top pick by the Jets, one of like a top five, top ten pick. Leonard Williams, who plays with the Giants now, he got franchise tag. Um, of those guys, I think the best situation, and obviously the best move, he has to be the defending champs, going with Chris Godwin, getting him back on a franchise tag. Because, you know, Tom Brady's only got one year left under that deal. Brady probably will be extended, I would assume, but – that's a, that's a conversation for later. And getting Chris Godwin back, who was a key contributor for that Super Bowl run they had this past year, is very big news. And if you're a Bucks fan, you have to be very excited to have that the guy back on the team. Uh, Don, any of those names that you thought stood, stood out as a um, big home run franchise tag move? Yeah, I mean, I thought that um, Chris Godwin, for one, I would have to agree with you. On that part, um, oh, man, Cam Robinson, especially uh, the left tackle position. Very underrated. Very, very underrated. Under under the radar, for sure. There is one more. Uh, well, I was thinking. Um, actually, for me, it's Allen Robinson. Is another Allen Robinson. Cause... He's a good receiver, and it sucks for him because, unfortunately, and this isn't diss. I mean, it kind of is a diss, really. Is that Chicago hasn't really had a good quarterback to throw the ball to Allen Robinson? So he's he's putting up good numbers, but he's never had a good quarterback in his career so far. Yeah, that's it's. I mean, they can try. They can try to keep him around, but eventually, you know, if they produce, they produce the same way or the same around the same as they did last year. He's probably gonna hit the market next year. That's that's probably that's unfortunate, but um, yeah. is there any names that stood out to you as guys that like didn't get tagged that you thought like I don't know if you thought for sure, but you thought might have been applied to tag and they just didn't get it? Like a I know people throw the name Kenny Galladay out there. Uh that's one name I've seen. People's like, Oh, why did they not tag him? Um even your Rams, Josh Johnson was a possible uh, name, or John Johnson was a possible name for 
yeah. uh, being franchise names out there. You thought? Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought, of course, they should, they should, they should have tagged Kenny Dow, Kenny uh, Galladay, uh, just because you know he was their he was their best receiver last year, and you know since they want to make these GM moves and. You know, go get a go trade for Jared Goff since Brad Holmes, which is their Lions' new GM. You know, he loves them so much, and they make all these coaching changes and getting Dan Campbell, and they're trying to move in the right direction. Why would you want to franchise tag your your best wide receiver for the next for the next year and see how that goes in the offense? Like, I, I mean, that's I mean, that's what I think. I mean, but I get it. You know, I. They, I mean, maybe they see something that we don't, that maybe the Lions for the 50th consecutive year are going through a rebuild. Like, maybe that's a thing. <laughs> um, mm, you hate to see it because the Lions are now going to lose Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones to free agency. Um, and they trade away Matt Stafford, who, you know, you may consider him a good quarterback. Right. Which, I mean, you obviously like Matt because he's on your team now. I mean, he's soon to be on your I mean, I think that talent-wise, he's an upgrade. Um, but that's, you know, that, I mean, that's 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 what I think. And um, mm, I can't really think of any more off the top of my head that you know should have. Well, I mean, actually, Spence, you did bring up a good point earlier about John Johnson, but. You know the Rams are about thirty million over the cap, and they weren't gonna. They, they were definitely not gonna use the franchise tag this year. Yeah. You know it's crazy you mentioned that because I saw people talking about the Saints. Their cap situation apparently is not the best. Of course, today they did release a few guys, notably uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who used to be a really good receiver in the league, and they ended up tagging Marcus Williams on their team. Interesting. So I mean, it, it can work. I guess it was a. Where's the cap coming from? Where's the money? But. You can make it work, I guess, if you can. I, but okay. Uh, from a Patriots perspective, some people thought Joe Tooney would get attacked again, but uh, it, was, yeah. it was not really going to happen because he would be owed like eighteen million, and that's a lot for a left guard to be making for anyone. Well, and I mean, Tooney's good as gone. I think really he's going to get some money somewhere. Well, else. I mean, say Spence. I mean, eighteen million. Are you going to pay that amount of money to protect your quarterback? That's, I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. I mean, we have a lot of. I mean, kind of what the Patriots would trade for Trent William or Trent Brown, excuse me. So I'm happy with again no line help there. Um, and another thing, technically this guy's franchise tag, but he has agreed to an extension. This is like a procedural move they did. Is uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott technically applied the franchise tag, although it's a proced- procedural move somehow. There's I guess cap uh, navigations with franchising a guy. I'm not entirely sure, but Dak signing a four-year, 164, I believe, is the final number. Basically, 40 million dollars a year to play football for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, just coming under Patrick Mahomes' record-breaking deal, which no one's going to make Mahomes' money. So he he knew his mark. He's like, I don't want that. But essentially, Dak bet on himself last year by not. Taking like a thirty-three million, which is good. Like, yeah, thirty-three million is a lot of money. But he was coming off playing under a fourth-round rookie contract, so the franchise tag was more money than he made in his entire career last year. He ended up getting injured, unfortunately. But you know, he had that security with the guaranteed money from the franchise tag, yeah. and now he's a very well-paid quarterback. So 
the Cowboys got to build around him. And, you know, they got receivers like Amari Cooper. They have CeeDee Lamb now. Uh, they have other guys I'm missing. That defense needs some work outside like Vander Esch. And, I mean, they got to get out of that Zeke contract in the next year or two, I think. But that's a conversation for later. Uh, I, I love the contract. I'm a big fan of Dak Prescott and what he's had to overcome. I mean, last year, tragedy lost his brother to suicide. And just everything they – I think I heard a story. He has mother passed away from cancer when he was in college, I believe it was. So he's had a lot of adversity throughout his life. And I'm glad to see him succeeding. And hopefully – I mean, injuries usually aren't the – career enders that used to be like a long, long time ago. So I'm happy to see Dak back in Dallas. Uh, Dawn, your thoughts on Dak Prescott getting that four-year contract from Jerry Jones and the Cowboys? I mean, I think it's good for Dak. Um, I mean, Spence, I've told you this before, and I'll keep saying it. Um, <laughs> I like when players get a payday. Um, but, you know, uh, I think I think Dak – I think Dak honestly could have gotten more money. Like literally, literally, if he would have if he would have like done it next year, like he would have, he would have definitely got more money. I think. Like uh, I mean, Dak he he put he's 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 a good performer. Like he's a good quarterback. And so, um, I mean, he apps he did he did a great job. Him and his agent did a great job. They played the game perfect. He Dak wanted a certain amount of money. And he wasn't going to stop until he got that certain amount of money. And so, I mean, played right into Jerry's hand. Like this, I, I told you this the day of, that Dak Prescott finessed, finessed Dallas because they've already, they, I mean, the Cowboys got about half a dozen, half a dozen people with extremely l- large contracts for their positions. And so, you know, after this, after this upcoming season, his contract's going to kick in. It's going to be about $40 million. And, um, oh, it's going to be interesting. That is going to be interesting. Let's see how that works and all that jazz. Um, it was actually yeah. the was the highest signing bonus in NFL history at $66 million. And then um, um, his guaranteed money was like $126. Uh, golly, that's crazy. Yeah, Dak broke the bank. He definitely broke the bank. Much deserved. We all saw this coming, though. I know. We all knew he was going to get paid a lot of money. I know, and, and honestly, like, we knew it because because Dak was playing – like, he was playing it – like, he was playing it right, essentially. Like, he was he was doing what he was supposed to do. Like, that's – that's but that's what been players been, have been doing for the past few years. You know what I mean? Like – Yeah, and we all know Jerry has the money to pay whatever he wants. But, I mean, you bring up a point with them – having a lot of high contracts. We saw the situation with the Rams a few years back yeah. where they signed everyone. And then unfortunately, you know, Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, they realized they made a mistake and moved on earlier before like being like, Oh, we had to own up the mistake. And that's why I kind of bring up Ezekiel Elliott. Like he's a good running back. Don't get me wrong, but so was Gurley. I, and t- now, I know. Zeke doesn't have the injury problems that Gurley had, unfortunately. Right. So I don't know if Zeke has moved on, but that contract is looking really. I bad know that's 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 really what I was saying. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean, I like I'm looking at it. and I'm like, well, Demarcus Lawrence has a huge contract for his position. Yeah. Amari Cooper just got paid five five years for 100 million yeah. last year or two years yeah. ago. Cooper's a good receiver. I don't think he's worth. I don't 
he's a, he's worth that to Dallas. Uh, I, think, I, I don't know if he's worth in a grand scale. I, mean, I don't think he's worth five years, hundred million dollars. They have Michael Gallup, yeah, like twenty million a year for a receiver. Like is kind of a... I, that dude. That's crazy. It's crazy. And also, they have Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. Like I, I can. Well, Lamb's under that rookie contract for. The I know. Mari Cooper deal. So that's at least good news for them. I mean, like I can give you about half a dozen teams who would kill to have Michael Gallup <laughs> on their team tomorrow. Uh, and yeah. there's, you know, they had, and of course, they did make a good move today by um, freeing up cap space and restructuring their offensive line contracts, which that was another, that was another sticky situation along their line. Um, and, you know, along with, along with the um, Zeke contract, they, they, that, you know, they also have to worry about because Zeke hasn't exactly been the top back that we've seen in the past few years. Yeah. And again, we we talk about the salary cap. Speaking of the salary cap, we should have let off the show with this. But, uh, the salary cap is set for this year at $182.5 million. Of course, teams are able to roll over cap space from the previous year. If you have unused cap space, you can roll over. Like, for example, if Team A had only spent – they had $10 million in cap they didn't spend last year. They have $192.5 million in cap space for the upcoming year. Of course, that number is set, but of course, when you take into account different teams' salary, there's still a lot of teams that have negative cap balances because, you know, the cap did decrease. It was reported 8% decrease from last year's numbers. So, as you've been alluding to on the every previous, not every, but the previous episodes, and we talked about a little bit before, teams are going to do some restructuring with contracts. They're going to unfortunately cut some guys to try to free up cap space because you know you can't go over that cap. It's not the NBA where you can pay like a luxury tax if you want to exceed it. You can't you're stuck there. So you're gonna see some contract maneuvering with different teams and free agency starts next week. It's gonna be very interesting to see where these guys go and if they take like a year little uh, discount they, or even like shorter term deals because they know next week the contract the uh salary cap's probably gonna be a little bit higher we would expect because, you know, it's going back to somewhat normal. See, any other thoughts you have that I haven't talked about or anything you want to add about what I've said, Dalton? Um, No, no, I actually agree. I mean, we saw it earlier today. Some people, some people getting cut in. Um, and, you know, I think, I think most players are, like you said, gonna, probably going to take like one year deals and, you know, cheap deals. And then next year, once it gets back up to normal, they're going to break the bank. I mean, honestly, that's what I would do if I was a player. You know what I mean, Spence? Yeah, I mean, take that one-year deal in Tampa or Kansas City or a team like that and just, you know, maybe coach to a championship. Of course, that's just being, like, wishful thing because that was a matchup this year. It's going to be something. And then briefly want to talk about, for the NFL, uh, some notable trades that took place this past uh, week with regarding offensive tackles. I alluded to one earlier. Well, I blatantly said it earlier, actually. The Raiders traded Trent Brown to the Patriots for uh, swapping some late-round picks there. And then after one year, the Titans have decided to move on from first-round pick Isaiah Wilson. They traded him to the Dolphins, and they swapped seven-round picks. That is uh, really bad if you're Isaiah Wilson. You're picked in the first round, and then your value is so low that they basically swapped seven-round picks and just threw you in there. And I, I wish that they were the best for Isaiah Wilson. I think some stuff contributed to him not being 
in Tennessee that long, and I don't know the entire situation that well. Uh, it's very unfortunate for him after like only one year. And then Trip Brown, you know, he had a huge contract with the Raiders that the, they gave him in year one. He was a Pro Bowler with the with then Oakland Raiders. Then he was in Vegas. Apparently, I guess the change of cities didn't do that well with the Raiders organization. <laughs> Makes no sense, really, because his best year was in Foxborough, really. He won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, protecting Brady's blind sides. I'm excited to have Trent Brown back. Uh, he was really good with us. And, again, it was with Tom Brady. Quarterbacks can be a lot different than Tom Brady, obviously. But I'm glad to have him back in New England because he gives us some depth and some leadership experience that you can't discredit. Uh, Don, do you have any thoughts on those both those moves there at all? Because I know they were kind of like, thrown under the radar in their office alliance so they don't get to talk about that much unfortunately um well uh to start off with the patriots trade i thought that it was a good move for your team spence uh so is he going back to the left tackle spot or is he going to be the right tackle this time it to be determined because you know isaiah Wynn played left tackle but he's injured a lot unfortunately so I think it's just going to see what happens in training camp because they got a few guys uh, like Michael Unwenu. He's technically a guard, but played some tackle last year. So this could be a camp battle. Okay. I don't know where he's going to play. And you, He played right tackle in San Francisco, though. So okay. he can play both spots. And so um, you said you didn't like you, – I mean, you said, you've said you said to me multiple times you didn't really like uh, – is it Marcus Cannon? Is that who you said and you didn't like, or it was old. somebody? It's not that I don't like him, but yeah, it's Cannon. It's, yeah, it's more of he's getting older. We can kind of cut him and free up some cap space. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say there's, you know, and you and you didn't franchise tag Joe Joe Thune, so you know, yeah. you get trading for and Trent Brown. a free agent to be at center. So oh, yeah, but I feel like Andrew's coming back, but that's just kind of wishful thinking on that part, really. Yeah, who knows no, what happens? Those are some those are some good offensive linemen. Uh, and, but you know, it was a good move, smart move, smart move. As for the uh, the Dolphins trade, uh, I guess they can use offense all the offensive linemen they could get. I mean, I'm not sure. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Like what what we're supposed to think about here? Like that's. As far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins the Dolphins got a bargain. I mean, I, but they but they swapped seventh round picks. Yeah, it was weirdly drafted Austin Jackson last year. Yeah, which we all thought the time was a bit of a reach. We're like, I don't know much about Austin Jackson really. And then they trade for another. They drafted Jackson eighteen, and Wilson was picked. 29 by the Titans, and they trade, so they have both of them. Maybe they both have a bounce back year. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I as far as I'm concerned, I think I think the Dolphins were just trying to fill a need. Like that was just, you know, I, they saw the opportunity and took it. I don't know how much is going to help, but you know, I mean, if I was the Dolphins, to be quite honest with you, I would probably go wide receiver, running back, and offensive line again this year. Like that's. I mean, that's really one of the few glaring needs that they have because, I, I mean, honestly, I think their defense is fine besides the fact that they got rid of Kyle Van Noy, but that, you know. Yeah, I mean, they can't. I think Tua stays there. I don't want to get into the debate about what they're going to do at quarterback with Tua or if they're going to draft someone. Or trade. But if they can build, a, if, if they can build around Tua with some good wide receivers out there, 
Dolphins could possibly continue for that division with Buffalo next or year. Make I the playoffs. With Buffalo. I mean, they yeah, they were what they were a game out this past year from the playoffs. They missed it. They they barely missed it because was it it, it was it like it was some week seventeen voodoo type of yeah. stuff you see they every lost year. To Buffalo. Yeah, they lost to Buffalo. They need to, if they need a win in their end situation. Yeah. they lost to Buffalo. They lost and then and then like two other teams won and Miami got kicked out. Yeah, it was a crazy bit. Miami is picking three in the draft, at least for now, barring a trade, which could be. We don't know what that could be. Something that happens. Anyway, NFL next week, we may have a two show. So, as you know, college basketball, March Madness, NCAA tournament starts next week. So, we may do two shows. We may hold off the NFL for a bit just because we want to focus a lot on the tournament. That's to be determined. Uh, Well, obviously, just tune in next week. We will find out. That free agency starts a week from now. I'm excited to see what happens. One name we haven't talked about yet, Dalton, that we probably should have, and if we had Casey or Christian, we definitely would have talked about him, is Aaron Jones. Real quick before we go to uh, NBA, just Aaron Jones, do you think he – where do you think he goes? I think Green Bay is definitely possible he goes back there, but I don't even know. Um, I don't think he goes back to Green Bay be honest with you i think it's smart if he does but i don't have any faith in green bay's front office to sign him to a long-term deal um and also did you see that they're not even going to re-sign cory lindsley i did not actually I, I mean that's what i heard through the grapevine um crazy anyway um aaron jones i think he could go to Chicago. We've seen. Oh, that'd be that'd be that. Oh my, that would piss people off. Well, Packers I mean, we, we've. I mean, we've we we've we've seen Packers go within the division multiple times. Every team, everybody goes within the division. Well, That's nothing new. It's a fan. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've seen Brett Favre do it. He went to the Vikings. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's no. It's, I mean, that's not. That's, I mean, that's really more of a common thing. Uh, he yeah. could go to the Dolphins. Um, pretty much anybody who needs a good tailback. This man had over 1,100 yards last year and over 15 touchdowns. I thought, like this guy, this guy was top five in running backs. Like, how, like how do you not? How do you not give him an extension or a hometown discount of some sort? Like, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, mean, I don't know. I get not yeah. franchising him because the money's probably high, and pretty big money might be a little tight there. I'm not in touch. a little bit. Well, I get it. A little, little small market, of course. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just looking him up. He's from Savannah, Georgia. So the Falcons could be a player. I mean, went to college. Uh, he went to. He was born in Savannah, but he grew up in Texas and went to Utah. I, so I was gonna say all those Texas teams could be a player. You like Georgia? I mean, excuse me. You like the Falcons, but they also have Todd Gurley currently. Yeah, and he, you never, I, I mean, I'm. Them. I mean, I'm not sure you want to put that much money to one position. Yeah. And just two years ago, he had 16 rushing touchdowns. I, yeah, so, yeah. Like you would think. And, he'll, and then last year, he had a respectable nine. Like he's gonna get paid somewhere because he's. I I, don't, I need to look more in depth at the market, but you can make a case he's arguably the best running back on the market, and he'll get paid pretty handily by someone. Yes, yes, he will. He will get paid. Um, I can well. I mean, this is just my opinion. I think without Aaron Jones, I don't think Green Bay makes it. I don't think I don't think Green Bay has as many wins as they do. 
Well, because think about it. Think about with Matt LaFleur's offense. It's pretty much an off-brand of Sean McVay's offense, which is an off-brand of John Gruden's offense, which is an off-brand of, you know, the whole West Coast. Yeah, run everyone borrows stuff from the NFL. Dog. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> I mean, it all started with Bill Walsh, and so – you know, it's it's freaking – it's basically they want to run the ball first and then basically pass it off of that. And, you know, if you don't have a good running back, somebody you can run downhill and go through, you know, different – you get what I mean. And, you know, I think Aaron Jones is a pretty good running back for that system. So, you know, he could go – he can go to a number of places, but it's going to – it's it's more of a it's more of a system thing and, you know, whichever whichever team needs them, I guess. Yeah. All right. A lot to go on with the NFL, and okay, we'll be talking about this for the next few weeks with all these moves. Anyway, on to the NBA, where we've had some interesting developments in the NBA the last few days. This first one seems like it was a uh, forever ago, but was it just last week? Just like after we recorded, it. Uh, the Nets have officially signed Blake Griffin. He was bought out by the Detroit Pistons. I can't remember if he was bought out before or after the show. We even talked about that last week because it's been a while. No, I don't remember that. Uh, I don't. But Blake Griffin, he's not the player he was, like, obviously in uh, Los Angeles with the Clippers. And I don't know what he brings to the table necessarily, but he's probably – like. I mean, let's look at that roster in Brooklyn. They got KD's obvious. They got uh, Kyrie. You have James Harden. So, Blake's your fourth guy. He's 31 right now. On the season right now, he's uh, – I'm trying to figure out where I can find his actual stats. 12.3 points, uh, 5.2 rebounds. Uh, he's respectable numbers he's putting up this year. And in that Brooklyn team, he just got to do – he doesn't need to do everything there. He wasn't – he's not the star on that team, absolutely. So, it's a good move. Uh, I was listening to – I believe it was Bill Simmons or maybe it was another podcast. They're like, if you told me like four years ago – or like eight years ago, whatever. It's like, oh yeah, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, James Harden, and uh, Blake Griffin are going to team up. It's like, what? What happened there? Like, how did these guys end up in one spot? And it's, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, as much as I don't like Brooklyn, one thing about it is the Celtics play the Nets tomorrow on Thursday, and Blake's out with an injury still, and KD's out, so we won't get to see that lineup for a few days, but. It's um, Brooklyn, they were the title favors or one of the top three, probably, you can say. And it, it only makes them better, I think. And if, if anything, it's a slight make them better. It's not, they're not worse, that's for sure. Dalty, uh, your thoughts on the addition of Blake Griffin to the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, well, I tell you, their TV ratings are going to go up. I mean, I don't, I don't see how this gets them or puts them in any better position than they already were. I mean, this was. You're in a rel. You're, I mean, you're competing with the Knicks right now for television, like TV time, and this was simply just a move to get them more, more revenue, more stars. Like I don't, you were perfectly fine with the stars that you already had. I mean, I don't see why you make this move and try to boost that besides the fact that the, now you have to pay another player who is injured most of the time. Um, he got bought out. He's not making – I don't think you're paying him that much money, though. And uh, maybe I'm not, not sure the exact details, but I don't think it's that much of a deal-breaker on that part. 
I mean, I don't... Uh, I forgot the Nets. I don't know, George man. On the NBA's website, right? Now. I forgot they had DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. On that team. So now DeAndre and Blake together. I mean, this seems this seems too much like something you'd make out. You make you like you'd make up on the playground or something. You and your boys going on the you know, hanging on the same 2K. team. What? I thought you were gonna see two K there for a second. I mean that. I mean, yeah, that too. You could. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't see how this puts them in any better position than they already were, just because their offense is just so good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess good move. I, I mean, that's pretty much all I have on it. Yeah, I definitely see your perspective where you're coming from. It's like yeah, it's a more of a name move than a player. I think it makes them slightly better. That's just my personal take. I'm, we kind of agree on the disagree on the, a little bit on that. Totally fine. Uh. Another thing, I don't know, you may not have seen this already, but earlier today it was reported that the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge are going to be parting ways relatively soon. And Greg Popovich, with uh, his uh, respect for the yes for all the players, he said they're going to work out. They're going to try to work out a trade that benefits both parties. Because, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge has been nothing but good for the Spurs, and Pop's got a lot of respect for veterans like that. So they're going to try to work out a move on their own that can be beneficial to both sides here. Be, I mean, ultimately, he, he's probably he's not going to play another game for the Spurs, unfortunately. And, he, again, LaMarcus Aldridge, not the player he once was, will be interesting to see what team lands him. Because right now, oh, okay, his number is actually really good. He's averaging 13.7 points, 4.5 boards, according this is via ESPN stats. So, slightly better than what I thought he was pl- averaging, actually. I'll give you that. But I don't know how much help he is on a team other than, like, veteran leadership. But, uh, it's unfortunately, the end of an era for the Spurs and Aldridge. Uh, Don, what is anything you have to add about that? Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's having, I mean, he's having a good season, just, you know. I'm sure Pop wants to get Pop's team. I'm I'm pretty sure Pop just wants his team to get younger. And um, I mean, they're sitting in a pretty good spot in the Western Conference right now. And uh, you know, with 18 wins and 14 losses. Um. Yeah. No, I think it would be a good move for both sides. I think it would be. Um, put Lamarcus Aldridge on a title contender. I mean, to be uh, I mean quite I mean to be quite honest with you. Um. If I was the Nets, <laughs> I would have waited um, and traded with the uh, Spurs instead of going and buying out Blake Griffin. But that's you know that's just me. I think right now Lamarcus Aldridge is far and away better than Blake Griffin and provides more than Blake Griffin does. But you know you're gonna do what you're gonna do. Uh, yeah, expect. I mean, I would definitely yeah. expect Lamarcus Aldridge to be traded to a title contender, just at, at his age and what he brings. And so, um, yeah, should be nice. Could Milwaukee? Could Milwaukee or LA be a player? They could for uh, Aldridge's services. The, the the Clippers, not the Lakers, of course. Either LA school. I mean, either LA. I mean, they got Davis. You can I mean, put they could. Aldridge on. I mean, they could. Another move is Andre Drummond is. Probably not going to play for the Cavs again. He might be bought out soon. Uh, and where would he go? If he... It's another one. Andre, um, Andre Drummond is only 27. 
And it seems like he's been in the league forever, and he should be in his early 30s for some I mean, reason. He's doing a fantastic job uh, for his position. And anybody who trades for him, I mean, they're getting a pretty good player. I mean, I'm pretty much expecting him to be traded to a title contender, too. They, they, I mean, he's been on bad teams, man. Like, that's been – it has not been good. It has not been good for him. Like, he has done – he has had the production, but – his teams have not been the brightest. Let's just say that. So. Yeah. As Andre, I'm going to look this up real quick. He's only been in the playoffs two times in his career, and they were swept mm. both times oh, in yeah. Detroit. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and his one is... year at UConn was the year after they won it all in 2011, 2012. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, he's – I mean, he, he has been nothing short of fantastic in his production, but – you know, the results and postseason success are not there. Not yeah. there. Yeah. And then, uh, unfortunately, we had to discuss this just because it is NBA-related news. Uh, the uh, Miami Heat, Myers Leonard, who I kind of forgotten that he was injured and he's actually out for the rest of the season. So he, unfortunately, was going to play again anyway this year. Uh, he's been indefinitely suspended. Via he was on a uh, Call of Duty Warzone uh, Twitch stream and used an anti-Semitic slur during the stream and obviously that has no place in today's world and no place ever really and it's unfortunate that it was said possibly out of ignorance possibly I don't know but it just can't be happening obviously especially on a Twitch stream where who knows who's listening. And I get being upset about getting killed in a video game, <laughs> but like, there's no reason to use that word you use during a stream. That's just oh, uncomfortable, gosh. really. I mean, anything, I mean, we discussed I mean, a little bit last night, Dalton. Uh, you I'm not sure. I mean, I, this is really the first, this is really like the first or second time I'm hearing about the story. You don't have to say this on air, Spence. You can like text it to me or something. I'm not even <laughs> sure what word he said. Like that's, like I'm not even, like I don't even. It's I don't, bad. I'm not it's, even it's sure the entire bad. story. And um, oh man, I, when are people gonna learn? Like that's, you know, the society yeah. that we're in. You can't really, you can't get away with anything like that. Not like people want to get away with it, but like you can't. Yeah. You gotta like think about what you're gonna say. Like the like the days of having no filter and just saying what you want to say and let the words fall where they fall. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's I'm I'm serious. Like it's not we're not that's in that excuse. It's different if you're like in the privacy of your home like with friends and it isn't excuse in that situation either. But if you're on a live stream, you got to be careful cuz you know people are watching. You these. have to be careful and you don't know who's and you don't know who's watching and who's going to yeah. be offended by it. And mm-hmm. not to mention you're an NBA player. So that is that's that's even worse because here you are you're was supposed to be a role model for all of these kids and so like when you say that stuff it just puts a bad reputation it, it's it makes it that's terrible for you now because now he's he, i mean honestly he hasn't been that very that that that, that good of an nba player so now everybody's going to know him as that guy who was on the Twitch stream and made an anti-Semitic freaking um, yeah. comment. Another thing, I haven't been able to confirm this, but someone pointed out that their owner 
is Mickey Arison. He is an Israeli-American. Someone said he's Jewish, and Israel has a high Jewish population. So it's possible that their owner is a Jewish man and that this word was said. That's just, it's a lot of... Oh, if his owner very is... Very unfortunate. Like, that... Spence. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If his owner is Jewish, he's gone. Like, there's... Yeah, I mean, he'll I be mean, gone. He, I mean, he was gone anyway, but... Yeah, I don't know if he gets he, another yeah, job. He's injured, which, again, that sucks that this is, like, what happened... He gets injured. He was productive in Portland, for what I recall. Mm, production. And, I mean, productive. You and I have two, two other definitions of that. Av- okay, average. He was like, get you a, his best season in Portland at eight point four points and five rebounds <laughs> in twenty two minutes. Yeah, that's pretty bad. He okay. Yeah. He's he's all right. He's a guy. He's like a depth piece. On he's, he's not like a star player or anything. I think he's mediocre at best, but that's yeah. Uh, anyway, I never really about, liked him coming out of college anyway. But yeah, you, you go ahead, Spence. Yeah, that's about all. I mean, again, if you haven't heard the story, it's a very unfortunate situation for everyone involved. Uh, anyway, on to some uh, different news. This is probably lighter. The NHL and ESPN have agreed to a seven year deal because NHL's NBC broadcasting contract is up after this season. So ESPN is going to have it for the next seven years and they're going to be. Airing on various streaming because you know Walt Disney is the parent company of ESPN. They own ABC, they own ESPN. Obviously, I think they got some kind of share in Hulu because Hulu's going to be streaming some of the games on. I don't know if it's to be like Hulu, like live sports or Hulu subscription to something else. But ESPN, ESPN Plus, which ESPN Plus has been airing games for a while, I think it's a huge move for the NHL because unfortunately, like ESPN is, as they say, the worldwide leader in sports. And outside of playoff hockey, not many people watch it. I try to watch a few regular season games. I've seen them on TV. But, you know, it's on NBC, NBC Sports Network, which not everyone gets those. To NBC Sports Network, at least, and not everyone gets it. So I think having hockey exposed to a wider audience is going to be beneficial because, you know, ABC is a really big company, and ESPN, they got several stations they own. So I'm excited to see that move because you know, it's gonna be very fun to you know flip on abc flip on espn abc now that i'm thinking about this out loud now just speaking it if abc has the stanley cup rights for the next few seven years they also own the nba rights so almost every single night in the month of june abc is going to dominate the ratings because they got the stanley cup finals and the nba finals that is going to be a very I mean, ESPN wins, and I think NHL wins. Dolan, anything, uh, your reaction to the news of ESPN and the NHL agreeing to seven-year deal? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Fantastic move. No, it was – I'm not saying this sarcastically either. I know it may sound like it in my voice, but that's – I mean, this is I – mean, this, this, I mean, this is great. Like, there is – I mean, you don't. I mean, you do you realize how many new NHL fans there's there? I mean, there's going to be a massive increase over the next few years. Yeah, they're going to at least like tune in just to be like, oh, what is hockey? Just, like, I know a little bit. Yeah, and so now, like, there's going to be so many new fans. Uh, jersey sales are going to go through the roof. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, teams, and the Seattle teams market sales. Soon. I believe Seattle's yeah. supposed to start next season. Oh yeah, this is going to boost just about every. Every category within the market of hockey, I mean, that we've ever seen, like this is going to be, this is going to be great, and COVID or not, uh, I think, I think this was a smart move for both ESPN and 
also ABC, uh, and also the National Hockey League, um, connecting the dots and, you know, putting together, maybe if we put it on this network for the next few years, maybe that we can get more revenue and bring in uh, more fandom. And especially as the pandemic go, uh, goes away, it's going to get even better. Like, this is this is great. Uh, it's going to be um, uh, a, a pretty pretty uh, good opportunity. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm very, very excited to see how it goes. And another thing is, I believe the NFL's contract is up soon. I'm not sure exactly when it is, but I think that was, like, partly what I've heard is with these uh the salary cap in the NFL going back to that is that they're expecting it to uh the new TV deal to net them a lot of money so we'll have to see how that goes Absolutely. and I think streaming is going to be very big like like we said with that ESPN Plus Hulu is going to be streaming mm-hmm. hockey we've seen the NFL last few years broadcasting on Amazon Prime Video there's probably going to be more yeah. of that in the future so it's a very because, you know, a lot of people are cutting cable. They're going strictly to streaming, and this is how they're going to be. I'm excited because, you know, I follow hockey not super close, but I do follow it to a degree, especially Boston Bruins. So I'm definitely excited to see that happen. And then on to baseball. I don't know. You may not have seen this earlier, Dalton. I saw this briefly. The Texas Rangers have become the first professional sports team to announce that they will be playing at a full capacity for the upcoming season. Yes. And that's a big win for fans. It's a big uh, win for sports in general. Yeah, we finally got a team that is Texas, which, you know, Governor <sighs> Greg Abbott has opened the state up. Some say prematurely. Some say, you know, it's time to open up the state. We're not going to get into a debate on that. That's not a conversation Oof. for the show. But – it's going to be because, you know, Texas was Globe Life Stadium opened up last year. Unfortunately, no one was able to attend until the playoffs. And they had the World Series there last year. So I, I'm going to be excited to see that happen because, you know, it's we're I'm looking forward to seeing a full stadium. I am cautious a little bit with it to see how it goes. But, you know, if it goes well for them, then, you know, we'll see other teams. Granted, when they become because, you know, we're seems to be turning the corner with the vaccine distribution with COVID-19 that more and more teams will follow the Rangers soon. I don't know how soon that will be. We'll have to wait and see on that. But, I mean, Dalton, now your thoughts on the Rangers becoming the first team to go full capacity with yes. games? Oh, great. Fantastic. And it's only a matter of time before all the other teams follow suit. It's monkey see, monkey do when it comes to these sports teams and sports leagues and you know, once it starts to work, like they're going to open it up no matter no matter what state you're in, how it's going or anything like that. They're going to open it up. And um, I hope that it goes well. I'm just about done with no fans. And, you know, it's it's not like you miss that. You miss that experience, man. Like there's no home field advantage when there's no fans. You feel me? Like there's, you know, I, th- I think it's great. I think I think it's good. And uh, I think it is it's about yeah. time. It's about time. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm cautious, optimistic on this one, just for the time being. But it's crazy. Also, I I want to mention this at some point in the show. I guess now is a good time to mention this. This time last year, right now it's March 10th, March 11th last year, is Rudy Gobert became the first athlete to test positive COVID-19, and the sports world effectively shut down. Then the next day after that, March 12th, they shut the NCAA tournament down, and other leagues followed suit. But March 10th, around this time, either March 9th, March 10th. 
we begin hearing teams like the Gold State Wars. I remember them being the first NBA team to say this. Remember the Columbus Blue Jackets were in there announcing that they were going to have games with no fans as before, of course, the season suspended. And now we're at the point where we finally have a team going back to full capacity. It's been a long time coming. Last year was like, oh, should they go with no fans at this point? It's going to be weird. Now we've become sort of accustomed to it. It's, it's a weird experience to have no fans in a game, especially when you know what what are you playing for if you're on the court and it's like you don't have that crowd cheering you on. The NBA Finals was a very surreal situation. It worked for the time for what it was. his goal was, was to finish the NBA season in the bubble. But okay, we'll see more and more teams at least go to partial capacity this year. And hopefully by like the time the World Series comes in October, we'll be having teams at mostly capacity. Anything you want to add on that mini rant that I kind of went on, Don? Just think like where we were one year ago to now with COVID and sports. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been it's been a crazy ride, and um, lots of ups and downs, and uh, you know, credit all those teams for you know. You know, keep, keeping together and uh, having your best foot forward, and really trying to make sure that you keep the season alive. Because if you didn't keep it alive, you were about to lose a lot of money. Like there was, I mean, this was this was about money and well, and 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 also safety. But you know, more about money hanging in the balance here. Like you got to complete the season, and if you don't complete the season, you're in a rough spot. So. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's been a crazy what year, year and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't remember how long it's been. <laughs> well, I just... Like I said, one year ago is when the NBA like became like the first pro league to suspend their seasons. And yeah. one year ago tomorrow, depending on when it's like it's uploaded. Golly, no, that's I mean, we start crazy. this podcast back in late July when the sports world basically came back with uh, MLB was coming back, NBA launched the bubble. NFL was coming around the corner. And so we like came back. That's when I kind of wanted to start the podcast. So we've been going strong for, it's been nine months, I guess now, or something. I don't know. I've been something like the times. that. Yeah. But it's just been a crazy year of COVID and sports. And then uh, that kind of helps a little segue to March Madness, which hopefully again, this year we have no problems. Cause last year that was the biggest shock was they're just outright canceling March Madness. Not even going to postpone it and hope, for at a later date. Uh, the one thing that I saw today was they announced that if you have five healthy guys, you can go out and play a game, which I think that's, I mean, it's, you got pretty gotta much do. every team. But. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, if you have five guys playing all 40 minutes of a game, possibly an overtime session too, that's going to be really ridiculous. But you got to get these games and I get, I get that to a degree. Um, one, uh, I do want to lead off with college basketball. Gonzaga is the, First team since Kentucky to enter the tournament undefeated, which again that was only a few years ago too. Uh-huh. But Gonzaga is entering the tournament undefeated right now, and the quest to become the first team since Indiana in '76 to go all the way without losing a single game in the season. Well, again, when the bracket comes out next week, we will break it down and give our thoughts on if Gonzaga, if we think Gonzaga can do that. But I do have to give a hat tip to Gonzaga. This year's Gonzaga team. Has been really good. You know, they got Kisper. They got Jalen Suggs. They were tested a little bit in uh, non-conference play. Unfortunately, we never got to see them play Baylor because that game ended up getting canceled for COVID. I don't know if they – I don't think they rescheduled that one. But they did play tough games like Iowa, Virginia, West Virginia, 
BYU. Uh, BYU in their conference. BYU's probably going to be an at-large team. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they are. So it's going to be a crazy march, and I'm I'm pulling for the Zags. I like to see the NDP team. Anything you want to add on Gonzaga's part, Dalton? No, no, I've been a fan of Gonzaga for years, and I say for years, and I've only been watching March <laughs> Madness for a little bit. Uh, but they're they're a great school and have great programs and uh yeah I mean I'm pulling for them I'm pulling for them yeah uh as of now we have had um let me count real quick eleven schools have punched their bid to the NCAA tournament at the time of this recording we have Liberty from the A Sun Conference which don't I got to see them in person that that team is very good they could be Sneaky good in March. Uh, Loyola Chicago, everyone remembers their Cinderella run a few years ago. This year's team, arguably better. I mean, they're, they've been ranked in the top 25 all season. Or not all season, but a good portion of it. You have UNC Greensboro. One of our good friends from high school actually runs cross country and track at UNC Greensboro. So hats off to them for making the tournament. You have Winthrop's back in the tournament for the first time since 2017. Mount St. Mary's won the Northeastern Conference last night. Moorhead State from Kentucky in the tournament for the first time since 2011. That was the year they uh, – don't you may remember that when uh, that one guy hit the shot over Louisville in the first round to win. Yeah. That, that, I hated that shot. But I, that's a lot. That was their last time they were in the tournament. Cleveland State, which I only remember them because of former Miami Heat guard Norris Cole, who was a, he was a two-time champion. He was a backup guard. On their championship teams in the early when they had LeBron James and company, Oral Roberts is in the tournament. Uh, Appalachian State, you know, they've they've had a good football program for some time when they were in the FCS level, and then Drexel ending the drought for the first time since 1996. They're in the tournament this Drexel. year. Drexel, jeez, you yeah. want to talk about whiffing on all of those championship games, Spence? I don't oh. even know who we said. We I said I went briefly on that. <laughs> I, I tell you, I didn't say Drexel. I don't tell you that much, but um, oh, uh, good. That should be interesting. I'm excited because you know Drexel's a minute since '96. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, with the remaining conference tournaments, I really want to see those schools that you know they've never been to the NCAA tournament and they get that first time in school history thing. I don't know if any of them are up for it uh, in the next few days. I gotta double check that after the show. But I'm excited for – because, you know, the big conference tournaments, like ACC is going on right now, Big 12, Big 10. Uh, yeah. I think Big 12 and Big 10 is going to be very good because those got they got a lot of good schools in those there's conferences all, this year. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of good schools in those conferences. And a lot of schools that we didn't – that we didn't, that we didn't I exactly think that were going to be good uh, this year specifically. You know, I've definitely have slept on some schools just from my not paying attention to college basketball this year. Same. Uh, yeah. Again, well, again, next week we'll break this all down for you. Uh, I'm going to try to get a guest on that because, I mean, if we can get a third person on talk hoops for previewing the tournament, it's going to be – I hope we can go like at least – I'm not going to say at least, but I hope we can go about an hour just breaking down each region – Giving our sleeper picks. Uh, it's going to be a very fun episode next week, Dawn. I'm excited for March Madness to officially unveil their bracket. And we'll to, we'll give you more information on that next week. And maybe I'll start a March Madness poll just for our listeners. Who knows what will happen with that. 
But uh, anything you want to say before regarding either college basketball or anything else that I may have missed earlier? Um, no, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, I'm excited to actually fill out a bracket and use my free time for something besides schoolwork. So yeah. Okay. I, okay. Actually, I forgot one thing. But okay. Wait, I'm Go just gonna fill a bracket. There's one thing. Uh, this was a couple days ago. Okay. Uh, it's it's a football news actually. Uh, Kansas and Les Miles have parted ways. Uh, Les Miles, of course, was very successful with LSU. Uh, unfortunately, allegations of sexual misconduct has come out against him, and that has now cost him his job. I mean, it was reporting back in 2013 when these allegations happened, and LSU knew about it. They still kept it because, you know, football's big there. They're, they're winning. Also, frankly, Kansas, he's horrible. He was 0-9 in this past season, which circumstances you could maybe argue that it's not totally his fault. They were bad. And Kansas football has been a pretty abysmal program for at least a decade now. So he, I thought he was going to get one more year, and this was going to be his last year. Unfortunately, off-the-field issues happen, and we saw – I'm not going to compare this to Art Browsing. Those are two completely different circumstances. But, you know, Art Browsing, off-the-field circumstances regarding his program, cost him his job later on. And – Unfortunately, this is it's the business they are in. They also their AD either resigned or got fired. I cannot recall which one it was at the moment. So it, Kansas is in disarray. They're going, from what I heard, they're going to try to hire AD first, then get a football coach. At this stage in like February, in March, it's very hard to get a good football coach. But there's some good names out there. I think they could potentially hire. I'm not. I got again. I got to look more in depth that. But when they hire a coach, we'll discuss on the show. And he. Any other comments on that, Dalton? Um, so, I mean, that's that was short lived. That entire that entire experiment was short lived. That's yeah, crazy, crazy to think about how it changes in the blink of an eye. Just from some allegations, man, it's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, again, there seems to be some truth to these allegations too. Right. Which that's always unfortunate when that's the case. Anyway, sorry to end the show on it's such a. Uh, I don't know for you listeners out there, <laughs> but <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. Where it was more upbeat for the most part. Uh, as always, you give us a follow subscription on whatever podcast platform you're on. If you have any feedback, feel free to give us the feedback. Cause we do encourage that share the pod with uh, friends and family. Help us attract a higher listener audiences. Cause we know we love to interact with you guys. We love to see that the podcast is growing. Anyway, uh, this has been – I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. So uh, thank you guys for listening for another episode of Out of Bounce, and enjoy the rest of your day.